Hey everyone, this is Mary Christopher and this is our Sunday meditation podcast. Today is August the 7th. Most of the schools here in the Atlanta area are open and everybody's back in school or getting back in school. And it's pretty quiet in the neighborhood, hoping that none of our neighbors decide to mow their lawn or rev up their weed eater. So I hope wherever you are, whatever time zone you're in in the world, that your neighborhood is quiet and you're having a restful, happy day and that things are going really well for you. We had a relatively quiet week, which is a good thing. Got some work done. I'm making really good progress on my ebook, which is about our busy, busy, busy brains, and should have that out by the end of the month, but I will definitely uh, put a link in the notes. It's and as you know, ebooks are shorter than usually shorter than like a regular hardback. And um, I can tell you from personal experience that writing shorter is harder than work than writing longer. <laughs> I mean, the editing process is is about the same. I mean, you're editing in the same way, but with an ebook, it it has to be just kind of like the essential points without a lot of uh, you might say embroidery or uh, extra added information. So that has been a challenge. That's been a big challenge. But I'm getting the hang of it. And I've got some folks from my meditation class, from the master class, um, who are going to read, like proofread, and read for continuity of content. Right? That's an important thing. I, I edit books. Um, so, that... Continuity of content is very important. It is beautiful here today. It's very green and lush, and people are having to mow their lawn more frequently because of the rain. And it's just gorgeous, just gorgeous. So several of the people in the meditation master class live in the Austin area and they are in a drought and so they have brown grass we also call that crunchy grass because when we there's this level and they've been at more than a hundred degrees for several weeks I think actually 77 days at last count so when that happens the 
grass just dries up and turns into crunchy grass. It's brown, and we call it crunchy grass because when you walk on it, it goes crunch, 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 obviously. So that's the weather report, and I hope where you are, it's you've got enough rain and enough sunshine and all the crops are doing well. Um, I was at the farmer's market, the local farmer's market, yesterday and I got uh, more beautiful peaches. I'm buying extra because they're very fresh and they've, you know, I've talked about this before, they're, they're getting close to ripe when they're picked so they they have a lot of flavor compared to fruits and vegetables that are picked way ahead of time and then allowed to ripen as they're shipped of course this is a problem with something like raspberries because um, they go off so fast so I've I've sort of quit eating raspberries this summer because they I would buy a couple of little flats of them and they would just go off so something to think about just to be grateful for all the people all the amazing people around the world who grow the fruits and vegetables and all the livestock that we eat that we consume um, I'm always grateful for those folks. I remember when uh, my kids were growing up, we had some friends in Oklahoma who were growing cantaloupes, and they they had to have they had to hire Hispanic families to come in and harvest the cantaloupe because once cantaloupe or melons but also cantaloupe because they have thinner skin once they start to ripen they've got to be picked and loaded and driven to the nearest you know buyer as quickly as possible because they once they start to ripen they're going to ripen really fast and I had taken the kids out to um to this field where the Hispanic family was harvesting and our friends said just pick as many as you want so I sent the kids out to pick and it was somewhere like 99 100 um, and the whole family the whole Hispanic family was out in this field harvesting cantaloupe and and you have to cut the vine and then and you have to handle the cantaloupe carefully much more so, let's say, than watermelon. So the kids came back with their arms full, and they didn't, the kids did not have caps or hats we, on. We hadn't brought any with us, and we were way out in the country. Um, and the kids came back with their arms full of these luscious cantaloupes, and they were beet red and they had sweat just pouring off of them. So um, we, we didn't hang out at the cantaloupe fields for very long. 
um, I got them into the truck and the cantaloupes uh, carefully loaded on the in the floorboards and not in the back um, and got some water down them and I remember looking at that family um, harvesting cantaloupes for our friends and and our friends were good people to work for I mean they were good people so that was that was some comfort but the kids were working along with mom and dad and there might have even been a grandparent or two there and I thought you know I can put my kids in an air-conditioned truck we can drive away we can go to an air-conditioned house and get water and iced tea or soft drinks or whatever and those folks bless their hearts don't have that option that's not an option for them and of course it made me think about Cesar Chavez and and of course living in the south it's for me it's just a kind of a constant reminder of how the economy of the south when it was flourishing back in the good old days um, the economy was based on slave labor so um, it's made me just that kind of awareness has made me grateful for all the people everywhere in the world who plant the crops tend the crops harvest the crops ship the crops deliver the crop I mean there are so many people now involved in getting food to the grocery store so we can walk into an air-conditioned building grab a cart wander around through the the aisles and pick up whatever we want practically so anyway I've talked about this before and I keep all these folks I mean there are millions of folks around the world I keep them in my prayers because they do when you're growing things it's it's like seven days a week you're, you know, you got to keep on top of of what you're doing. It's not like a nine to five, <laughs> five days a week work. And I know you all know this, so that's just been on my mind, especially when I bring home things from the farmers market and. Uh, the peaches come from a peach orchard that's south of Atlanta um, and it's a big orchard so you know they have a lot of people to take care of the trees and the grounds and harvest and box it and the the peaches are washed carefully before they're shipped and they're just they're just delicious so 
and they're very fresh. So if you have an opportunity to buy from local growers, um, and yes, they do charge a little bit more, and you're getting tremendous value, and you're supporting probably a whole family, in a lot of cases, a whole family who's helping to grow all that produce or the the chickens or or that lay the eggs or um, anyway I could go on but I know you get what I'm saying so I keep those folks in my prayers and especially with the world in turmoil and um, we're going to start growing more stuff we usually do. We didn't. We didn't this summer because we thought we'd be moving. But the housing market and the rental market here in the whole Austin area and in other parts of the country is just ridiculous. So we're staying put for for the time being. So that's the local news. I know you just couldn't wait to hear all that. <laughs> And the uh, book I'm working on, the ebook, is about busy brain. And somebody with a a very loud and noisy truck just went by. So people have always had busy brains. It's it's not a new development, but because of the the All of our digital equipment now and the amount of time that we spend looking at screens with flickering images and and which what this means is we take in a huge amount of information every day compared to what people the amount of information that people used to take in even in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s because I got my first computer my first Apple 2C in the 70s and I was like one of the first people in the whole neighborhood to have a computer and I was just thrilled I thought it was just the very best thing, right? Um, but now we have screens everywhere. Everywhere where we go, everywhere we look, right? So we're taking in huge amounts of information and we are relying on our neurons, all of our little neurons, to process that information. And it's asking a lot. So our, our minds, like unless, unless you're a person who gets outside on a regular basis 
and kind of gets away from the screens and if you spend more time in nature or just outside, right, then you're helping, you're actually helping your neurons calm down and you're reducing the the um, input of chaotic digital flickering images and information. So you're doing yourself a favor if you do that. So I'm thinking today it would be good if we did a tree meditation and I'm in the front yard looking for a good spot looking at the clouds to see if it's going to start to to rain. So I think I've found a good tree. And we've done this before. So, if you've been sitting, let's get our meditation done. If you've been sitting, then let's stand up and stretch, move around, and if you can be outside, right? If you can get outside, and find a very um, lovely tree. There are a lot of trees here in the southeast, so that's, we don't usually have a problem finding a tree. But if you can find a tree and just find a tree that you can lean against, we're gonna have a very restful, relaxing kind of meditation here. So if you can't, if you're not able to find a tree or be outside, then you can imagine, use your great imagination and imagine that you are in your favorite spot somewhere in the world with a very sturdy, happy, lovely tree got a butterfly flying around the rose bushes. Beautiful yellow. I don't think it's a monarch. Lovely butterfly. So see or feel yourself, visualize yourself with a tree. I don't know what kind of trees you like, but see or feel yourself with a tree. And if you can't think of a place to be, then just imagine you're here with me. In the front yard, we got plenty of trees, and this is a very safe, easy place to be. And we have done this before, so just let yourself lean against your tree. Just get your feet situated at the base of the tree and let yourself lean against the tree. Let the tree support you. Let your, your back just rest there. And as you breathe in, breathe all the way down into your feet, to your toes. Feel the soles of your feet. And if you can 
have your shoes off and be comfortable barefooted wherever you are, that's great too. So feel the energy in your feet as you breathe in. And as you breathe out, relax. And let yourself lean a little bit more against that tree. Let the tree support you. Now as you breathe in, breathing all the way down into your feet, feel like little roots from your feet moving down into the ground just like the tree does. You're rooting yourself into the ground right next to the tree. Just tiny little roots moving through the soil, grounding you, little roots looking for moisture, energy, nutrients. As you breathe out, let yourself relax a little bit more against that tree. As you breathe in, be aware from your feet of how grounded and stable you feel. And as you breathe out, be aware of the energy moving up through the tree, carrying moisture and nutrients, feel similar kind of energy moving up from the bottom of your feet from your little roots moving up through your legs through your body spine all the way up over your head back down making a complete circuit as you connect back with your your tailbone the very end of your tailbone so that's known as the microcosmic orbit it's a Taoist practice so we're resting in the energy of the tree we're running we're feeling the energy running through our own system. And now as you breathe, once you're feeling centered and relaxed, at ease with the tree and with your breath, and let the tree support you and just rest there quietly, being aware of your breath for a few minutes.
Now as you breathe in, breathe all the way down to your feet. Feel the little roots down on the ground from your feet. Feel those roots coming back up into your feet. And be aware of how grounded you feel. And how centered. As you breathe out, feeling your breath coming all the way up from your feet. Up your legs, through your torso, from the bottom of your lungs out into the space all around you. Be aware of how relaxed you are. How at ease you feel with yourself. As you breathe in, be aware of the tree with its strength, with the energy moving through it, supporting you. As you breathe out, following your breath from your feet all the way up, your torso, be aware of your heart, lungs, throat, breathing out, through your nose or your mouth, out into the space all around you. Thank your tree for supporting you, for being there for you, for all the oxygen, all the fresh oxygen. Take a deep, deep, deep breath. And as you breathe out, to the space all around you, very gently open your eyes. Oh, lovely. That was lovely. I hope you feel as calm and centered and relaxed and restored as I do. I just love my tree meditations. I always feel so much better. So, have a wonderful week. Maybe find more time to be outside in nature, like with growing things and fresh air and whatever is in your neighborhood or Maybe there's a park nearby. It's summer, of course, in the Northern Hemisphere. Maybe you can take a weekend and go to a park or camp. See the stars at night. We're thinking about doing that. Oh, so much better. My writing will be better, too. So, definitely keep my writing process in your prayers. I would 
greatly appreciate that. Take good care of yourself. I know you're taking care of all the folks around you. Thank you for the good that you do in the world. And remember to breathe. Talk to you next week.